tech exists in real estate to in in part to teach us how to act. So all this AI, all of this automation, a lot of that, you know, you have to look at it and say, do we really want to automate to the consumer? Sometimes we do. Sometimes the bot is good, right? Or do we want to automate to our sales forces so that it prompts our sales forces to say the right thing at the right time? I think the answer is both, right? But but I don't think we should forget the second one. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 330 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, off to Seattle. We're going to be talking with Via Williams. She is the head of industry for Place, a very cool Ben Kinney company. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about her podcast. We're going to talk about her life and how she got to become a realtor. You know the, you know the drill for this show. So let's get this thing started. Via, welcome to the podcast. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I can't tell you how many people have said, how come you haven't had Via on the podcast yet? <laughs> <No>. so, <laughs> so I'm now taking care of that. This is going to be great. Uh, I'm I'm in Florida. I, I relocated from California. I didn't go to Seattle where the other Californians go. I came yeah. <laughs> to Florida. So uh, I know you're based in Seattle. Can I assume you grew up there? Are you a native yeah. of the area? I am. I also think they went to Idaho, by the way. I think, that, I think they're going to <laughs> do a couple different places. A little cheaper uh, there, I'm just guessing. Tennessee, Texas, Florida, Idaho, Washington. Yes, I did. And it's an interesting thing. Very rare for Washington. I am a fifth generation Washington. Washingtonian. My dad's family goes back five generations. Yeah. So I was born and raised there. Yeah. Up in the Seattle area? Mm -hmm. I love finding out about people's hometowns. For whatever reason, I, I've been to Seattle three times, I think, mostly for sporting events. Um, I, saw, <laughs> I saw the Padres play the oh, yeah. the uh, Mariners a long time ago, right? Cool. Uh, in the old stadium, in the Kingdom. Old, in the Kingdom. I've been there before, yeah. We all think that Seattle's rainy. Uh, Seattle has, you know, there's the Pacific Northwest grunge movement back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm missing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell me some things I should know about Seattle or maybe the biggest misconception? Well, we have a good coffee and beer and wine culture. And the biggest misconception I hear probably, and it, it might just be because I'm in real estate, is how expensive it is. People mm -hmm. don't expect it. And I, I sort of tell people we're kind of like the Scandinavia of the United States. We are beautiful. We have this pristine beauty. We have we call it a sound, the Puget Sound, but they would call it a fjord. But it, it has a lot of similarities, you know, mountains, water, trees. It's really, really stunningly beautiful. And it's really expensive, not just housing. Like we're one of the most expensive gas. I think we're the top three most expensive gas markets in the country. So I think that would probably be a misconception. It's very clean, very high end, very upscale. And I don't think people expect that. Yeah. Not in all areas, but. Yeah. I, let's let's talk about the Seattle market for a little bit because uh, even yeah, even pre pandemic, you know it was it was a tough place to be a I would imagine a first time home buyer trying to get into the housing market in uh, in Seattle and I'm sure through the pandemic like everywhere else in the country you had that 
unexpected, unbelievable market that none of us predicted. I haven't found one person who said in March of 2020 that, oh, we're going to explode this summer. It's going to be amazing, right? <laughs> so tell me, is it tougher now? I mean, coming out of the pandemic, is it just as tough? Is it tougher? What does it look like? Well, I woke up to news yesterday that we are the number one highest declining market in the nation. So we are really feeling it. But you know, here's the deal. We were also one of the highest rising. And that's what happens, right? When you're the highest rising and reminding everybody, calm down, because when you're the highest rising, you're going to be the you know fastest falling. But we are plummeting right now. I, I, I don't think it's an understatement to say that. I, I think we're down, I don't know, 25, 30% across all metrics at this stage, very fast. So it is easier for buyers, assuming the interest rates work for them. Uh, there is, you know, there's certainly we're growing into neutrality right now in our market and in many pockets will be a buyer's market in the next 30 to 60 days. Some of them will will stay low in inventory. Uh, so technically will be a seller's market based on a couple factors because people are a little bit handcuffed with interest rates, meaning they can't move necessarily. So I'm not completely convinced we're going to release, you know, a ton of inventory. Some markets we will, some we won't. But uh, regardless, you know, it's a lot better for buyers. It feels, it anecdotally feels like a buyer's market. Statistically, we're, we're sort of moving into neutral ground. You talk about going up and coming down. I was in Phoenix, you know, in that 2003, four, five, six time frame in the Whip title lap. business. Oh, it was just unbelievable what happened and just how fast it came down uh, in some of those markets where uh, it was stunning, stunning. So I know what you're going through. Um, I wanna, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I love finding out about the guest's background, right? Because I, I have listened to your podcast, Empire Builder. Thank um, you. And, and it, oh, you guys do a great job. I mean, it's really Thank fun you. to listen to it. I find myself going, well, where did, where did these ladies come from and what did they do? <laughs> and so maybe one at a time I'm going to find out. Yeah. But I, I know this just from research, a little bit of basic research that even though you grew up in Seattle, you head south to Santa Barbara. You go to California. And by the way, talk about um, finding the closest place in California. Well, besides Monterey, Santa Barbara is beautiful and might ha even have that vibe you grew up with in mm -hmm. Seattle. It's just such a cool place where kind of mountains and trees meet the ocean. It's super, super nice. You know, I lived so in Monterey too. I went to Santa Barbara uh, and then Monterey. Oh, see, so that's, that's two that's, areas. Yeah. That's a beautiful, most beautiful place on earth, in my opinion. So I'm just going to say that. I'm with I, you. It's my happy yeah. place, probably. It's, yeah. It's awesome. So first of all, you go to a, a little, a little college called Westmont College. My first question is why Westmont? And second, what were you going to do? What was the path you were headed on? No one ever asked me that. that. That's really cool that you that you go that far back because um, I, it was a small, is a small Christian liberal arts college right by Oprah's. So right in the Montecito Hills and the beautiful estates and probably one of the most beautiful campuses in the United States. I was a political science major and an English minor and I was pre-law. I, I got the prize internship to the Santa Barbara district attorney's office. I, I was completely 100% on track to go into law school. And I, I got a job at the Four Seasons uh, Biltmore at the time. I don't believe it's Four Seasons anymore, but a, a great hotel in the accounting department of all places, which was a really stellar job for like being a college student. So I ended up staying, I kept the job and ended up staying um, the summer in between my junior and senior year. And 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 honestly, what I ended up doing is um, is is graduating in three and a half years because it was such a great job. I ended up just keeping it as a full-time job and just taking a couple classes. But I took the Stanley Kaplan LSAT prep course. And in that process, I was like, I don't think this way. This is not, it did not click. It, it was clear to me that, that my brain 
didn't process these story problems and, and all of the things, and which is exactly what, what it tests for. And so I just started talking to people and getting some counsel. And I just dropped out. I completely, my senior year of college was, was, uh, you know, in this crisis of, oh my God, like, what am I going to do next? I always thought I was going to go straight to law school. So I moved up to Seattle and took a, a, a job. And it's funny to talk about now, it probably shows my age. I got a really, like, out of all my friends, like one of the best jobs, it was $24,000 a year. And that was a big deal. Nice. At the time, the, the prevailing, you know, they were getting like $18,000 a year jobs, right? Yeah. So I was getting a $24,000 a year job in real estate. So I went into, that was like new construction and, and you know, um, builder and development stuff. But then I met my now husband and we moved to Monterey. That's how we got down there because he was in television. So at the time, he was a weekend weather anchor for um, the uh, CBS affiliate in Monterey. And so I, when we went there, you know, I come from this like builder developer background. They didn't really have new construction there, like Carmel, Monterey, Pacific Grove. So I started selling radio advertising. So I went into radio advertising sales there. So I did have a kind of a foray, you know, I had sort of a two or three year period in my career where I sold radio advertising, which... I think it's some of the best sales experience you can have. Sounds like a tough gig. I'm just it, you're say. selling air. I mean, if you can sell air <laughs> to other businesses, you can sell anything. That's what I tell everybody. Yeah. It's a really good practice. Like it's a good, yeah. yeah. How do you, how does real estate finally enter the picture where this is what I'm going to, this is me? Well, I had had that brief foray into, you know, real estate right out of college and then and then met my husband, moved down to Monterey. Um, uh, not a lot of people know this, but since we're going that far back, we did a really cool thing. I've, I don't think I've ever talked about it publicly. It's just such a cool thing we did. So we basically sold all of our, you know, we're like our 20s and we're, we don't have a lot of money. We have no money. We're like renting and whatever. And we're like, you know, it, we're going to move back up to Seattle. The dot-com boom was, um, you know, kind of in full, full swing mm -hmm. at this point. And we ended up traveling around the world for a year. So we kind of sold all of our things and we did. And we, uh, we went to most of the continents. We, we didn't end up hitting Central and South America, nor did we really hit a lot of Europe for no particular reason. It just didn't fit in. But we spent, you know, Middle East, Africa, uh, a lot of Southeast Asia, Oceania, other parts of Asia. It, it, it was incredible. A little bit of Europe. It was, it was an incredible time. So we were gone for a year. I think I can't remember now, like 25 countries and um, came back to Seattle. So we had this interim in between. And then when we came back to Seattle, I got into radio briefly. And then what got me back into real estate is really 9-11. You know, I was holding my then uh, baby son and I think he, at the time he was like nine months old or something. And, um, you know, watching the footage and, and something clicked. And I think it clicked with a lot of us who are of the age of that, you know, who were in, in the professional working age, if you will. And, you know, that time I was just, I just turned 30 and I just was like, look, there is only one trip around the sun and there's no dress rehearsal. I think 9-11 showed a lot of us that. And I want to pursue my dreams. And I think I've been avoiding it. My dad, I'm a second generation realtor. And so my dad had a very successful real estate company. And I think a lot of second generation realtors avoid that if their parents did it. And I think it was always in the back of my head. And so uh, I got into real estate, you know, basically January of 2002 was when I got into real estate. It was just, oh. you know, we, you know, we always say, okay, you know, you should have three or six months saved up and, 
He's like, we had none of that. <laughs> we had none of that. You know, we just kind of dove in and, and I didn't do awesome. You know, I'm not one of those agents. I tell agents a lot, like, you know, it, I, I did ultimately become one of the top agents in the nation, but you know, I, I, I had a horrible first year. It, it wasn't the stellar first year. I don't think you need to be rookie of the year necessarily to gauge success. So that's how I got in. It looked, that's a long time ago and a lot's happened since. Let's oh. kind of keep, let's keep tracking through that. Now you, uh, I, I think it might've been in your bio somewhere where you, you mentioned taking a break for the birth of your third child, mm-hmm. totally well-deserved, of mm-hmm. course. And then when you come back, you decide to join a new company and that new company is Keller Williams. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to talk Keller Williams and you're going to talk Seattle, then you're going to talk Ben Kinney. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So you got a chance to meet Ben and I'm sure that probably was a life-changing moment. It was, it's interesting how it happened. And it was a complete life-changing moment. Just leading into that, um, you know, I, my husband by then had been gotten into real estate and he he was like, he was working for a builder, but he was still selling real estate. So when the downturn happened, it, it, it massively affected us. I mean, we were, uh, we were six months behind on our house payment at one point. We were extraordinarily stressed. And I hear I, you know, I was in this blissful, like, oh, I'm going to stay home with my newborn. And that ended that ended because she was born in 2009, like the end of 2009. So we were really struggling financially. And and it was really, if we're being honest, like a Hail Mary, it was with a very, um, at the time, you know, prominent firm in the area. And at the time, Keller Williams was really not a brand that anyone in my area knew. So when I went, it was very confused in the marketplace. Like you went where? And your last name's Williams? Is this your own company? Like, you know, is this, what is this? It was, it was, it was very like a lot of head scratching then. So I was one of the very first Northwest, you know, really Seattle area Keller Williams agents. I mean, there just weren't a ton of us. And um, I kind of put my head down and worked. I honestly could have been in any brokerage. It wouldn't have mattered what brand I was in. I was just in survival mode. I'm Anyone who's gone through any financial stress knows what that's like. You're, you're, I was, I could have been an ABC realty, but there was a point where I was like, okay, like we're stabilized and, you know, we're, we're making money again. And, um, you know, the book of business has been, um, reinvigorated and right around that point, my owner of my franchise was selling and there were three buying ownership groups that were competing to buy the brokerage. And one of them was a group of agents, my buddies from the office. I'd never met or heard of Ben Kinney. I mean, he, he was 90 minutes away in Bellingham and my buddies were going to buy the office, you know? And, and so, um, it ended up being Ben and I was, I was almost like, you know, like, see how I f- folded my arms just now. Like that's how I was. I remember he, we had this meeting and, um, and you know, it was like, okay, everyone has to report to this meeting. We have news. And we all knew the news was that someone bought it, but no one knew who did. And I sat in there, you know, my arms folded. I'm like, who, you know, cause I knew it wasn't my buddies. I just didn't know who it was. And I remember going, all right, well, okay. And I started thinking, what are all the other branches? Where could I transfer? <laughs> kind of like this place, Keller Williams, but I, I don't know who this guy is. And, and, and what happened with Ben, that was in like August or September of 2012. And, um, and my husband was going through cancer at the time. And, and we had hardly told anybody because we just kind of needed, we, what we didn't want is our database to say, hey, we don't want to burden them and be a given referrals. What we needed was referrals, right? So hardly anybody knew. And I was carrying this really big burden. And then my office moved and we had to move physically in like a week. It was a very chaotic time. A couple of months down the road, I kind of had some interactions with Ben we were at, we were up in Bellingham. I think he had all of us up there and he came up to me and he said, Hey, I'd like to offer to coach you. And, um, you know, just come up for a coaching session sometime. I said, I'll, okay, I'll do that. You know that? Yeah, that's cool. Cause I'm thinking in my head, like, well, 
I'll give him a chance. I'd rather not move. I like this office. Like I'd rather not move, but let's give this a few months and then I'll just go move to the next door office if I have to. I'm only sharing this because I, I met with him. It was, it was December of 2012. And, you know, if I had to rate like the top three or five most powerful coaching sessions I've ever had in my life, I mean, that was one of them. And that was from then on, that was it. He was my mentor. He became my coach. He was certainly my owner, franchise owner. He became a very close friend. A lot of our close friends were in the same circle now, um, eventually got into Gary Keller's top group. And um, at this point, we've worked together in some capacity for a decade, um, personal friends, we, our families know each other. Like we, you know, we just, uh, you know, the rest is history. So that, that's, yeah. it, that's the long story of how I met them. That's, that's awesome. Let's, you, I mean, now you're the head of industry for place. Yeah. So let's, let's talk <laughs> about that for a little bit. Um, the, and, and how place kind of works with mm-hmm. primarily top producing agents. Yeah. What's, what is that Teams. value? Prop? Yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. Um, um, place is, you know, really what I call the Uber of real estate. And what, what I mean by that uh, is that, you know, if the yellow cab company are the brokerages, right? And they mm-hmm. own the cars and they own the fleet. Place doesn't. Place is, is just simply the service. If you think about Uber, they don't own their cars. They don't own their fleets, right? So what Place does is we uh, power real estate teams, uh, the top, you know, usually top 1% in every market, give or take. And we power them with business services so that they can accelerate their growth, increase their profit, you know, gains and freedom back. The freedom that they gain back, it depends on the different teams' needs. Some rainmakers are just chained to their book of business and they're doing way too much production. They, they want to lighten, either get out of production or lighten it. Uh, some of them want to expand. Some of them have other businesses they want to kind of give more attention to. And they're just, they can't give up that team that that is providing them a great income and, and they like it, but, but you know, they're too much in it. So we, we help with all of those things. We have 600 employees, you know, we, we provide agent launch systems, agent training, productivity systems, HR, legal accounting, marketing, coaching, strategy, I mean, I could go on and on. So, so everything you need to power a team and grow it uh, is what we do. Just kind of, kind of keep moving down this path because you're doing so much stuff. This is, this is like you have a very important job. Yeah, (laughs) biggest job I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about what else you're doing, right? So you're part of, I think, part of the founders for for a group of women uh, comprised of real estate leaders and influencers. It's called. Her best life. Yeah. What? Yeah. T- tell me what that is. And I apologize for not knowing it, but I do now. It's okay. Oh no, you. Of course. <laughs> right. I mean, I love that you asked. You know, her best life is a really cool story because how it started is it, it was eleven of us, and we are all by design mothers. So you know, it was it was our way of kind of saying, hey, let's get a group together, really successful real estate team operators. Um, and who are also mothers and in a lot of cases, wives, you know, there's challenges, there's unique challenges that go with that. And so we started meeting twice a year and just getting extraordinarily tight. So we would go meet, um, all over the country. The, the, we went, we've gone to Belize, we've gone out of the country and we'd have masterminds. And, um, we, we all grew tremendously from that. And all of us kind of have a, we're all in leadership and we all have a heart for serving others. Um, that's, that's all of all 11. And we, we, I think we always kind of knew we would do something together and the time was right in, um, 2019, I think it was. I have to look back. 
Um, we said, you know, look, what, what, it's time for us to share what what this what our circle of women has done for others. So we it was like May of twenty nine. Yeah, it was twenty nineteen. It was May of twenty nineteen, and we decide to have an event in September. Now, you know, I'm not an event planner. I don't know if you are, but any event planner listening knows that is insanity. Like we. I, we didn't even do a site visit. Like we didn't know any, now I know all these things we did not know. We sold that out. It was like 200 people and we sold that out word of mouth. Like just, it was just, we knew nothing. And we had uh, one of the most tremendous real estate, not, not even real estate, one of the most tremendous events I've ever been at in my life. And, and I'm not saying that, like you could ask anyone who was at that first event. It was special. 80% of the people there bought their ticket for the next year. We didn't even know when or where it was. It, it was just, you know, and then that one got waylaid because of COVID. So then we bumped it to last year. That was in San Antonio. And then 80% bought their tickets for this year. Only we increased this year is now 500 people coming. And this one wow. is in Phoenix next month. And it is turning into a movement. We now have master classes. We have her rich life. We have a ton of, of kind of virtual class series. We have something called Empire Circle, which is kind of a master class of that. We're raising up leaders. We have a full-time staff now. I mean, it, it is turning into, uh, it has a life of its own. It, it's the first business, maybe second, because I think place is kind of like this, but but first or second business I've been involved with that has, the growth is pushed from the demand, right? There's no, you know, we are, we are being pushed. We are not pulling. That's awesome. So yeah. In my empire building podcast, um, four of us that are the co-hosts of that, we came from, from that group. And so that's kind of where, where that, that came from. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a bit about that. I've listened to a few of your episodes. It's been, it's, it's the four of you sharing lots of different things. It could be about being a better founder and leader or living a better life. It doesn't have to be all about real estate. Uh, we're, first of all, knowing how much effort it takes to create a podcast. <laughs> so much. I'm so <laughs> glad I didn't know. <laughs> where, where do you all find the time? Uh, or do you kind of batch record? And, and, and what's your favorite topic? There's got to, maybe there's one show or one, one episode mm -hmm. you like, I really like this one. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, wait till I tell you the date. We launched <laughs> June of 2020. Hmm. Okay. Which means we started recording, if you can believe it, March of 2020. And, and I have to say that was, that got me through COVID when all was lost and we were all yeah. kind of, you know, flame, all of us lead by, by then I had led, I was leading our brokerages division. I had, you know, 1700 agents, 50 full-time employees, you know, 15 direct reports. And, you know, I, I mean, it was for any of us in leadership, that was a trying time. You know, you can look back and say everything turned out okay, but you didn't know that at the time. So that that's when we started recording. We took a long time at first. It's always been virtual. We've always done, we do a kind of like a Zoom, like, like we're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, it took us a lot of time at first. And then we just got into our rhythm. So we record Fridays from 8.30 to 11 a.m. or so Pacific time. Sometimes it's one Friday a month. Sometimes it's two or three. It used to be every Friday. And we've just, we've just gotten fast and tight now. So we, um, we record two to three episodes in a go. We, we rarely have guests with four co-hosts. It's, it's, um, it's very unusual for us to have a guest. And, and the topics just come from our lives. So we have a group chat 
And we're constantly just peppering in topics and we have a shared spreadsheet and we all take turns writing and, um, you know, writing the episode. So like I, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I really want this topic. What do you guys think? Great. Okay. I'm going to go write it. And then, you know, we just kind of say, all right, what are we recording today? Every once in a while we'll show up and not have anything. And and we usually announce that to the audience. We'll say, Hey, this is a you know non-planned episode, but it has been by far the most fun, favorite passion side project I've ever done. I haven't made a cent on it. And I don't care. I I love, love doing empire building. It has been a joy in my life. And it's, you know, it's made me better. It's made me a better communicator. It's you and I were talking before we aired. It's made me a much better listener. Hmm. Much better yeah. listener. Yeah, that's critical. Yeah. My favorite though, my favorite topic is not a, a crowd favorite. You know, I, the, the crowd, the, the audience definitely likes tactics. We, it is actually not a real estate podcast. We, we try to call it a business podcast. Yes, we use real estate examples all the time because we're we're all in, and my co-hosts are Wendy Papazan, Sarah Reynolds, Aji, and um, Seychelle Van Poole, by the way. But um, my favorite topic, usually um, with anything that is just never going to fill the room, is on communication. I really enjoy mm-hmm. talking and teaching about communication, and I feel. Um, strongly that it's important. My second favorite topic is failure. I just, anything, I think I was put on this earth. I think my superpower is to show others how powerful failure is and, you know, to rebound from it. So I would say failure and communication are my two. Yeah. Fail forward, right? Is that part of the, part of the, part of the message? I'm sure. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, Let's talk about technology is a really critical piece for successful agents. We know it teams, brokerages, everything. You're a part of that, right? You're mm-hmm. you're offering that solution through place. Yeah. So let's, and I think the message is clear now that technology is not going to replace realtors. No. But how do you talk to clients about using tech the right way? I mean, what is that? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Well, so is my role uh, at place head of industry what what that translates into is what i'm talking to very very large teams often i'm talking to teams that are number one in their companies billion dollar teams sometimes mm-hmm. um so the average team that i talk to is probably doing i don't know 250 million in volume right very very large scale teams and one of the things that that i've been noticing a lot this year is there were kind of the usual suspects and i won't name the brands but you know there were kind of the three or four very common brands that you know that teams were using and that switched that there's now, there's now sort of two or three different usual suspects. Right. Hmm. And, and what, what I've been talking to him about is, is like, look, here's the deal. You know, you go through this painful CRM, IDX, you know, whole tech stack switch every three, four, five, seven years. Right. And the fact is if you're building a company that you want to be a 20, 30, 40, 50 year company that spans generations, right. At what point do you decide you have to hitch your wagon with a tech company that is capitalized enough to grow and build it with you so that you're not switching all the time? Because what's going to happen is the flavor of the moment now, I mean, they're just they're just not very capitalized. And so so what will happen is eventually they will sell or fold into someone else or they will become less popular because a new shiny object than every four or five years you're switching systems. And so, you know, more and more, I, I look at us and what we're building and our val- latest valuation was a billion dollars. We received a hundred million in funding in a series A, which is unheard of to have a hundred million in series A. And I appreciate it more that, that we're the only, we're the, really the only real estate company that I know of building complete in-house scratch tech 
and that is capitalized and have the infrastructure to continue to evolve and iterate it with the teams. That's what's been sticking out to me lately. I mean, there's a lot we could talk about with tech. You know, to your point, tech exists in real estate to, in, in part, to teach us how to act. So all this AI, all of this automation, a lot of that, you know, you have to look at it and say, do we really want to automate to the consumer? Sometimes we do. Sometimes the bot is good, right? Or do we want to automate to our sales forces so that it prompts our sales forces to say the right thing at the right time? I think the answer is both, right? But but I don't think we should forget the second one. I'm getting towards the end of our time together. So I want a couple of qu- final questions. The first, the first one I'd like to ask is, what's on the horizon for VIA? <laughs> do you know well i you know i'm just i place is my primary focus from a from a professional standpoint and um um growing this uh, great company with our, our great leadership team ben kinney chris suarez you know chris stewart all of them um personally you know it's interesting time in my life my my second of three children left for college and I've got one uh, daughter at home. Those are my two boys. And she's in seventh grade. So we have this interesting journey now. We have a whole junior high and high school with one child after kind of being this busy family of, you know, three kids. And so that that's interesting. We're kind of trying to make decisions as to where we're going to plant it, you know, where we're going to live and and all of that. I am really focused on my health right now. I'm uh, aiming to compete the New York uh, complete the New York Marathon in November as a walker. <laughs> Just want to be clear, as okay. a walker. This might be a ten hour marathon, but that that's uh, those are kind of my big focuses right now. That's awesome. You'll you'll be able to you'll you'll kill that. You'll, it'll be great. I don't know if I'm going to kill it. It might kill me, <laughs> but I want to finish. All right. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up with the same question I've asked every guest, and that's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just starting in the business? Well, it's an interesting time to be a new agent starting in this great, great, wonderful business. And I think my advice in this era and what, with what I see coming is to join a team. This is the time to join a team, a really good team with really good training, really good infrastructure that has good production systems. Yeah. Fantastic. Via, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? It's really easy. Via.com, V-I-J-A.com or uh, via at place.com. Very easy. But it is it is spelled V-I-J-A, which is kind of weird. On Instagram, I'm, I have a funny little Instagram. I'm via via. So I'm V-I-A-V-I-J-A on Instagram. So Via via. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> via, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing some things that you haven't shared before. I haven't. I like you got them out of me. Good job. I think, that, I think that's awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 